Before we get started this week, I wanted to tell you about another one of our great Studio Soapbox podcast, Raw Tools with Luke Slaybaugh. Luke is great. He is uh, thoughtful, fun, very insightful. And this week, Luke reacts to the West Virginia reporter being hit by a car live on TV. And Luke exposes the truth on how reporters are treated in local news. I believe that journalists need to band together and tell these bosses enough is enough. That's a quote from Luke. Give it a try. Check out Luke Slayball, Raw Tools of Luke Slayball. You can check it out on everywhere you get your podcasts from the Studio Soapbox Network. Give them a listen. I'm sure you'll enjoy it. Thanks. Hey, welcome to the Coach Bono's podcast from the Studio Soapbox Network. I'm Coach Bo, Brian O'Connor. We're recording live at the undisclosed location of the O'Connor Advisor Group Studios. Check out all things O'Connor Advisor Group at OAGKS.com. You can interact with the show on Twitter and Instagram at Coach Bono's Show. Check out our Facebook page. Just search Coach Bono's Show, and you can check us out there. You can also email us, Coach Bono's Show at gmail.com. This is episode 22.5, hopefully a less rambly episode. And, of course, for the point five, we bring in our wonderful and beautiful co-host, Ellen Wingenter. Talking girl, how are you doing today? Hello, how are you? Happy uh, Wednesday. It is Wednesday as we're recording this, correct? Yeah, we're recording this Wednesday night <laughs> for Friday. Luckily, there's not a there's not a lot has gone on in the world in the last few days, has there? No, not at all. There <laughs> hasn't been any dramatic sporting events or oh, issues. Holy shit, we got a lot to talk about. Yes, uh, yes, we do. I don't want to do too much of a review of Sunday. We'll talk a little bit about it, but we're just going to get through it because we talked about a lot of it on Monday. Yep. And I was babbling through that because I tried to record it right after the games and was a little loopy. But um, what a great what a, We're going to go start with Sunday night. It was an incredible game, Kansas City and Buffalo. What were your thoughts? We haven't talked since Sunday. So what were your thoughts that game? We haven't. And um, that will be the only game that I watched in full over the weekend because the rest were just unexciting. Uh, I caught the end of the Tampa Bay game, turned off the Packers game. It just, this game was exciting. It was nerve wracking. Um, It was really fun to see Casey really dig in and gut it out. Yeah. I thought three of the four games were good. I thought the Bengals Titans game was good. You just got a defensive battle in there and then a couple of plays here and there. Um, I thought the Packers for an game was awful. Yeah. I mean, I was just, I'm a guy who likes defense sometimes, but that was just awful. That was, that wasn't defense. That was offensive ineptitude. Um, yes. And then um, I think that the other thing was then the other, the, more, the other game, the day game on Sunday, um, we had uh, the Rams get ahead and then you have the Rams get ahead and then they can't hold the lead. And it wasn't because Brady played like Brady in 28 to six, you know, in the Super Bowl. It was the Rams just kept fumbling the ball and giving it back to them. Well, that's the thing. Like it was so frustrating just to see the amount of turnovers that happened, especially in the second half. They were trying to lose and it was just stupid. (laughs) Three fumbles and the bad snap. And it's like, okay, you got Four turnovers there. Yeah. Of course, the team can come back and get back in the game. No, I mean, a better team won in the end. But um, so let me ask this question. I've been asking people this all week when I've been talking about the game because everybody's yeah. been talking about the game. 
If the coin flip goes the other way, does Buffalo win that game? I, I honestly, I don't, it's impossible really to know. Yes, the overtime rules suck, but there's no guarantee that a, a pass is caught or a run is made into the end zone. And if they're only cooking, kicking a field goal, then Kansas City gets to come back and try it on their end. Yeah. I, so I think absolutely 100% in my brain, if Buffalo wins the toss, they win the game. I don't think the Chiefs would have stopped Buffalo either. I, I they won because of the coin toss in the end. And, and to their credit, the Chiefs kept scoring points. I mean, I've never seen that many points scored in that little time. That's pretty that, crazy. That two-minute stretch sides. was insane. Yeah. I just – and then 13 seconds. We've been talking about the defensive thing all week about, you know, yep. you got to squib kick the ball. I believe you do have to squib kick it there and, and yeah. at least try to run three or four seconds off. But the thing I also didn't think that was good was the, the defensive play on the play that Kelsey made the catch. They had – Poyer was on him, and he just got the wrong leverage. Yeah. He just got in – he got to the wrong side of Kelsey – that ball was thrown clean, and he just had no chance. I, if you don't do that, and the reason that the Bills had to play such deep defense is because of Mahomes' arm. I mean, if you're not Josh Allen, Mahomes, um, I can't even think of who else can throw as far as – there's a couple others. Herbert. Yeah. As far as they do. If you're not one of those three guys, you don't have guys back at the end zone. You can do – a kickoff and take make them go 75 yards. Um, but you couldn't do it to those three because they're capable of throwing the ball that far. Exactly. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure everyone at this point has seen the snippets of Kelsey basically calling plays in that last 15, yeah. 20 seconds, pointing things out and have yeah. that second person on the field to, to point things out and yeah. direct the offense where Mahomes may have gotten too zoned in on one thing or another, it's yeah. a wonderful asset to have. Yeah. yeah. Those two guys have a great relationship. They do mm-hmm. They do a lot of that, actually. There's a lot of plays, from what I understand, where Kelsey, they don't call a route for Kelsey. It is a get-open route. Right. It's a, uh, an area or a um, some sort of a route, like you saw there, where it's, all right, I'm going here. I'm either going to go left or right and look for it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not a it's not just roll anywhere you want to go and, and, and that kind of thing. It's it's a spot. It's an area. Sure. And he does a lot of that. And that's because those two have communicated. They know how to communicate. They've worked on it so long together. They get a good feel for it. So now we've got the conference championships. Mm-hmm. We've got the Chiefs at home against the Bengals, the Rams at home against the 49ers. Let's do Rams 49ers first. We're going to tease okay. this a little bit. Rams 49ers, who you got first? Rams are a three-point favorite, by the way. You know what? I honestly seeing the Rams as much as I saw them last week, I think they're just gonna go and fuck this up. Really? Yeah. I think Which, you're, go ahead. I, I don't like because I really want Stafford to get to Super Bowl, like yeah. just for him. And especially the comments that Al Michaels made about him being a toothrust guy. Uh, did you hear that during the game? No, I grew first from memory. So they were talking about something. Oh, it was when Stafford did the quarterback sneak. Okay. And they were comparing him 
to Brady and how Brady generally gets in on the first time. Yeah. Okay, and they were that. like, uh, yeah, it appears that Stafford is a two thrust kind of guy. Yeah. So I had to make some jokes about that, but um, I just, at this point, I'm not sure I trust their consistency. Yeah. Well, I don't disagree with that. Now the, the, the 49ers have won six in a row against the Rams. Won both games this year. Now, I've always heard it's hard to beat a team three times. Yep. And if you go to the game, the game three weeks ago, week 18, the Rams had a 17-point lead in that game in the third quarter and blew it. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing that happened in the game this week against Tampa. It was that when you have a lead, you want to run the football, but the Rams were incapable of running the football when the other team knows they're going to run the football. Now, this past week, I think not having Andrew Whitworth at left tackle was a huge deal. He got hurt the week before, right. finished the game, but they said he was just had too much swelling in his leg to play. So he sat. He'll be back this week. They've already said okay. he's back. He's 100%. So I think that'll change. The offensive line gets there. That, that's their father over there. They, they, they call mm-hmm. him their dad. Right. In the offensive play, in the offensive line room, because he's 41 years old. Um, that's going to help. I, I think that we're going to see a split on the carries. I think having giving Cam Akers as many carries as they gave him this past week was also a mistake. I mean, he's just now getting back from injury. I don't think he's really ready. Mm-hmm. And I think that we're going to see a split. Especially we had two fumbles this past week. I think they'll split it between Akers and Sony Michelle. Ride the hot hand when there is a hot hand. Mm-hmm. And I think we'll see that. I think that'll help. 49ers is just garbage offensively. They are. I I don't have any issue with that statement. But again, can you trust the Rams enough to close the deal? I do in this case. Okay. Because I think that Aaron Donald is going to be is going to eat Jimmy Garoppolo for breakfast. And I think that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to have a terrible game. And I think the Rams are going to win this in a really, really big way. Like, I think it might be like 20 points. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, so like, blowout. I, I, I think it's going to be a blowout. I think they're going to just, I think they're just going to come in and beat them and beat them bad. Uh, we saw Cooper Cup, you know, he looked great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then um, you know, Odell Beckham, he looks comfortable. And yes. I, and, and I think Stafford plays well. I think the biggest thing this past week was they had the, th- the three fumbles. The ball like it snapped over his head, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. I, I don't think we'll see Cam Akers get some of those carries when it's third and one or at the goal line. I think that this is going to be more of Sonny Michelle. And I, I suspect that's what's going to happen. That's why I think there'll be a little difference. That coupled with Whitworth being back. I like the Rams. I also think Sean McVay is just not going to call the same kind of game. I think I, if they I, get a lead, I think they're going to keep throwing the football. Let, let's hope so. Yeah. But if, it, you know, hey. As always, if you can um, correct and overcome those mental mistakes, it's going to be a lot easier for you to maintain those leads. I also think one to fifty-three, the Rams mm-hmm. are the best team left. I mean, you've been high on them the entire yeah, they, season. They were my preseason pick, and I just yes. they're they're loaded, and they didn't have Odell Beckham at the beginning of the season. Correct, yeah. and now that you know he is comfortable in the system and understands the offense and has gotten his groove back, so to speak. I think he's ready just to ball out. 
Yeah. I love how, okay, so the numbers were Odell Beckham mm-hmm. didn't have any touchdowns this year playing mm-hmm. with uh, Baker Mayfield. Yep. He has five already mm-hmm. at the Rams in six games. Yeah. Um, that's just more of an indictment on Baker. Yeah. He asked me. So, all right. This is the big one. This is the one everybody's. Are the Chiefs going to do it? They're going to be in the Super Bowl? Oh, yeah. I honestly, I I mean, I fully appreciate that you will be rooting for the Bengals and hoping that Joe Burrow pulls it off. I just think that everything is clicking for the Chiefs at the right moment. I think so, too. I do think they're going to win the game. Mm-hmm. It's a seven-point spread. Yeah. They're not winning this game by seven. Um. No, it's probably going to be more than that. I think whoever has the ball last has a chance to win the game. I don't think it's going to be like last week's game. I think that it's going to, I think it, I don't think it'll be the same quick scoring. Mm-hmm. It will not be that same way at the end. What I'm saying is I think it'll be close enough. That whoever has the ball last will have a chance to win. Doesn't mean and they I, will. So I think right. it's just as likely that the, that, the, that the Chiefs are up six and Burrow gets the ball back with three minutes and doesn't get it done. But well, I, I don't think they're blowing out the Bengals. I don't think they're good enough to blow the Bengals out. Because the Bengals will score points. They will score points. Will score but points. I, I I think defensively, the Chiefs are doing enough to be able to corral the Bengals. And I think the Chiefs are probably a little bit pissed off about the game that they lost at the end of the season. Yeah. Um, well, that lost them that number one seed. Yeah. So... Yeah. There, there might be a little bit more behind the Chiefs this week than yeah. there was four weeks ago. I, I, I don't think the Bengals will win the game. I think that Burrow's going to do everything he can. I just don't think he's got a good offensive line. Mm-hmm. Their defense is going to be bad. I expect Eli Apple to have at least two holding calls. <laughs> at least two. I would, <laughs> I would bet it if I, if I could get like on an app right now and do it. I'm sure they. Have I would that. bet Eli Apple over on if it was one and a half penalties because yeah. he's going to hold Tyreek Hill he's twice. Yeah, I'm sure you can find that. I, I, I do have one bone to pick of last week's game. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I would not have made this call myself. I'll say this. Tyreek Hill ran for the touchdown at the end. Why was that not taunting? When he did the deuces to the... Oh. Because he's the reason there's a rule for that. Now I don't know. I don't, I, that's too that's too big a situation to call. I will say that. I would not have flagged that. But I think the NFL has to get rid of the talking pedal because it's so dumb. It is. It, it, and, and I'm not saying they should have called it there. I, I think the rule is a stupid rule. Because we don't know what a taunt is or what a taunt is. Yeah. In the Bengals game last week, one of the DBs picks off a car. Mm-hmm. And or not car, um, Tannehill. Yeah. Runs the ball. This is the fourth quarter. Last possession. This is the one that set up the touch, set up the field goal to win the game. Runs the ball into uh, Titan, ter- uh, Titan territory. However, they flag Eli Apple for taunting 20 yards behind where the where the where the where the, yeah. where the play was made. It is in effect a 50-yard penalty. Yeah. Now, here's the thing that pissed me off about it. TV never showed a replay of it. TV never showed any of it. You still no. can't find video of it. 
And I remember hearing the call because the booth was so surprised that it was 20 yards back that the flag was being thrown. Yeah, 20 yards behind the plate, and it's a 15-yard penalty. So it yeah. goes back to that previous spot. Now, had they called it on Tyreek Hill, it would have been a 90-yard penalty. Yeah. Because you would have wiped the touchdown off. It goes back to the previous spot and half the distance in that case. And it's the same thing, like, with the refs not calling the pom-pom thing week before. Yeah. And then the league yeah. – Tyreek yeah, <laughs> gets a pass because the rule was made because of Antoine Winfield doing the deuces to him as a reply to Tyreek doing it to him earlier in the season. They should just get rid of it. It's so it stupid and it's so should. subjective and Absolutely. it's never going to be consistent. Yeah. And it's I just dumb. That, I think it's awful. And I think that they shouldn't. I think it's terrible, I, and, and I don't. I would not again. I I will say this again. I would not have called it on Tyree Kill there, but I also would not have called it in the Bengals game. That almost cost the Bengals the game, right? Or at least an opportunity because they would have get the field goal. But right. So I, I'm picking the I'm picking the Chiefs. I'm picking the Bengals plus the points. Yeah, I I just think I, this game's close. I think this game's close and. Here's the, you know, the, the, every sports, sports talk radio station podcast and everyone else has said the same thing all week long. We're going to hear Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes are Brady and Manning. And Hey, and I, I get that. And just about everyone picked against the chiefs last week. So I don't know. I just think that the chiefs are going to end up winning this by 10 to 14 and it is you know, it'll be closer than the spread or over the spread and it'll end up, maybe it'll be, you know, like the Philly game a couple of weeks ago where Philly got some trash touchdowns late. Yeah. But I really don't think the Bengals after the first quarter will be there. Yeah. I, I think they'll absolutely be in the game the whole way. So um, I just, I don't, I don't, also, we don't know what's going on with Tyron Matthew. If he's out or not. I have not heard anything yet. Uh, everything that I've have they not made an announcement? Because I thought I saw yesterday that he was going to be playing. I had not seen the announcement. I looked, and we recorded on uh, the Jones report earlier, and we did not have anything on it. Okay. Yeah, there's been no announcement on Tyron Matthews' health, and all I know is he is in the um, protocol for concussion. Concussions. Yeah, so I have not heard, but uh, so I I don't know I. All right, did you hear Joe Burrow's comments today? I did not. Okay, so asked about Arrowhead. Joe Burrow said, well, I've played in louder stadiums in the SEC. You know, he's – I'm. listen, I get it that LSU, LSU Stadium at night is insane. But, no, you haven't. Yeah, yeah. No, he has. Oh, he absolutely has. I mean, you go to Alabama. You've been to Alabama games. Yep. It's loud. It's not it's that loud. loud as, it's just as loud as there. It's not. Georgia games, just as loud as there. Tennessee, it's just as loud as there. Okay. A&M. I, LSU, I disagree. All, all five. You got 100,000 drunk rednecks in there. They just it's, want it more. It's just more. I, 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 I've always said I thought Arrowhead is. But Arrowhead's the loudest NFL stadium. Probably by a lot, mm-hmm. but it's just an average stadium in the SEC. I disagree. Yeah, go to more games. 
I have been to my fair share, sir. Louder. Um, I also don't believe in Arrowhead magic. I, I think there's a chance the Bengals can pull this off. But it, it would have to be one of those 42-38 kind of games. Yeah. I, I mean, I, it, has be, it has to be something ridiculous for them to pull it off. I mean, it's going to be it's going to be that Joe Burrow just keeps going and keeps going and keeps going and keeps going. And yeah. And Mahomes has to have a bad game. And, I'm, and I don't I, see that happening. And I don't see Burrows having a ball out game. He's going to want to. I just yeah. don't think it's going to happen. So on the Allen and Mahomes thing. Uh-huh. Um, first off, I would be all for just having the Bills play the Chiefs in a seven-game series. <laughs> It'd let be a lot of fun. Seven, let them play seven, and the winner gets the Rams. We'll just mm-hmm. play it that way. Um, that would have been fun. Um, I I don't um, I don't think they're the only two. I think that everybody's been saying all week those two are the two best, and I think there's an argument for two more. I think did I think Burrow's in that argument. I think Lamar Jackson's just been forgotten after he got hurt this season. So Lamar Jackson is good. Is it, and I'll fight harder for Lamar Jackson in this argument. He's already won an MVP. He's playing great football on a bad team and getting them in a good spot. Had he not got hurt there in the playoffs and they're hard to take. And, and I fully agree. With and that. I think he I, was the MVP of the league until he got hurt. I think what makes the Mahomes Allen thing more interesting is that they are going to play each other more often. Well, they're all in the same conference, though. Right. But Brady and Manning, until he moved to the Broncos, they weren't in the same league. Yeah, they weren't. They were the Colts. Were they? Oh, that's right. They played in the playoffs. Manning eliminated him twice. I had it in my head that he was over in the NFC. Shit. The okay. reason that because the joke is the reason that Brady doesn't have 10 touch to 10 uh Super Bowls is because of Olivia Manning having two kids. They, they beat him two <laughs> well, there goes my fantastic argument. It doesn't yeah. matter. I just you got those two. I think I I think what it means. So, like I heard a lot of comparisons to like even like bird and magic, which mm-hmm. I think is apt competitively. Um, but I think what we're actually seeing, especially in the AFC. I think we are in this like almost like late 1980s NBA great players situation mm. where we've got, you know, they had Jordan and Bird and Magic and Barkley and Akeem Olajuwon and just, you just line them up and it's Hall of Famer, Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. I think we kind of have that in the NFL right now with, with some of these quarterbacks. Uh, I'm, I mean, you look at Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, both mm-hmm. incredible talents, Lamar Jackson. He's on their level. Mm-hmm. Burrow, again, I can argue it, but I, we'll see another season. He'll be up there. Um, the guy that I think's not quite as good as those four, and he didn't play this year, is Deshaun Watson, just as talented. Um, and then Herbert. I think what's even a little bit more interesting to me is, you know, it's, if I it's remember franchise guys. Well, I, I understand that. But if I remember correctly, both Peyton and Brady, they were benched for the first several years of their careers before rolling into a starting position. Except, well, Peyton didn't. Peyton, Peyton came did. in he pretty early. He was starting quarterback day one. But he had like his first three seasons were pretty shitty. He had a 13 and three, a three and 13 season the first year. He led the league in interceptions. And 
I think those first three seasons, they just weren't the second, great. The second one, he was great. Then the third one wasn't as good. Then he won the Yeah. MVP. And so I think it's, it's a quicker trajectory for some of these guys as compared yeah. to it Brady to and be. Peyton. But it has to be there. Yeah. Because they, they didn't have a choice. You know, they didn't have a quarterback that they could sit behind. Well, what I think what happened, and the reason I think we see this, one, if you notice, all those franchises at one time were really bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Chargers weren't very good. They got hurt. The mm-hmm. Bengals are, were, are, I mean, you can still, are up to last season, they're still really bad. Right. The Chiefs got Mahomes because they were bad for a couple yep. of years. Um, you know, Buffalo was bad for a long time mm-hmm. and they get out. So it's you have this thing, and then you know you have these guys, Deshaun Watson again with the Texans. Um, I don't think Watson will be a Texan next year, but um, we just know he won't be. He won't be with the Giants. I I kind of have a. I'll get to it in a little bit where I think Deshaun Watson ends up. I have a a a a sneaky suspicion of something. Okay, I think he ends up in one or two places, but we'll talk about it in a minute. Um, I think. You look at that. You got these franchises, but I, I want you to think back to when Russell Wilson was in his first couple of years, mm-hmm. and when he was his second year in the league, he was in Seattle. They won a Super Bowl, mm-hmm. and they had the Legion of Boom on the other side of the field. Yep. And a couple of years later, they had the Legion of Boom, but the Legion of Boom had to get broken up because they couldn't pay them all. Right. And it was because now you have the quarterback. And the quarterback has to get paid. Yep. So what teams have figured out is they can win with young quarterbacks. They're just going to have to win. These guys are going to have to win immediately. And if not, if they don't win in the first two or three years, I'm mean, looking at Mitchell Trubisky. You're going to the bench and you're not coming back after your rookie contract. Well, Mitch wasn't good. So, yeah, I mean, and that's the thing is it's going to be, and it's, we're going to see all these quarterbacks. We're going to see with a couple of them this year, mm-hmm. you know. And, and I think we're—I think that's what we're going to see with these guys. I think, but I think that helped. Um, you know, look at Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield has to have a good season in twenty twenty two, or he's not going to get a contract. Yes. You know, um, Derek Carr is not going to get—he's going to get cut. Derek Carr is getting cut in a month and a half. <laughs> Derek Carr get cut right to the Super Bowl. The first that time would, he came. That would be interesting to see. Just because, I don't know, they've had so much turmoil in the Raiders locker room and front office. It Maybe matter. they would hold on to that for a little bit. I think he's gone. It, it okay. also helps their salary cap. He doesn't have any dead money. and He's $19 million to stay on the cap. Mm-hmm. They could play Marcus Mariota. We'd be better off. I do like Marcus. I always have. But I... I think they'll see wholesale changes there, uh, especially if Josh McDaniels is the next coach. He's such. Josh McDaniels is not taking Derek Carr. No, and Josh McDaniels should not return to head coaching. So he's going to. I think Josh McDaniels. They've already. It's either going to be Josh McDaniels or um, the linebacker coach from the Patriots. Um, name is escaping me now. But they both interviewed. And one okay. of the player person and one of the front office people from the Patriots is going, probably going to go with them. Oh, you know how we talked about their pairing up. Yeah, for the, the GM position. We're seeing the pairs now. They're coming around. 
So yeah, I just I we've seen that kind of tire. I think it's a little tired. I think it's a it's a, it's a great start to talk mm-hmm. about Mahomes and Allen and say, hey, this is Bird or Magic, Bird and Magic or Manning and Brady. They're not the only two. Yeah, it's more looking at I, the universe. Yeah, and, and I think yeah, I think you more have four that are legit that are legit top end guys. I think I would include Lamar Jackson and Joe Burrow in there. It also goes to show that you better have a, a high draft pick quarterback on your team. Yeah. And a little bit of luck. Yeah. So um, let's stay local for a minute. So that was okay. Sunday's game and all the Chiefs stuff and everything. Um, KU was kind of interesting this week. I don't do a lot of basketball, but <sighs> KU had an interesting weekend. You want to elaborate on all this? Um I would like to tell you that Saturday, Sunday, and Monday were very troubling to my liver and um, very stressful from a sports fandom standpoint. Uh, You know, Saturday, I didn't, I I was getting my hair done. And so for those of you who know women who have their hair colored, this is hours of things going on. And so I missed most of the first half. And we went to my brother's house afterward. He doesn't have ESPN plus. And so we were watching it from my cell phone, the second half. And he was like half-ass watching the the score updates on his phone. So it was a delay on some place. And it was wild to see it on a very small screen and to see that comeback from 16 down, you know, 48 hours after Bill Self Sr. had died, Bill was, of course, dealing with all that grief and just everything else that comes with a parent passing and then having to work immediately thereafter, which many of us have had to deal with. And uh, man, those locker room scenes with Bill talking to the guys after the game, just saying this meant something. It, it made it a little dusty in the room. Yeah. It was a lot and it was, it was fascinating. It was great. And then, you know, Monday with tech, I, that thing was wild. So the godfather of the network, Tyler was in Allen field house, mm-hmm. enjoying the spoils. And uh, I mean, what a fucking game to be at with a double overtime nail biter craziness that no one understood what was going on with Remy Martin. KJ Adams came out of nowhere and really just as a freshman just was wonderful in those overtime periods and they got it done. Mm -hmm. And this game coming up with Kentucky on Saturday, game day is going to be at Allen Fieldhouse. Lawrence is going to be a mess this weekend. So yeah, it, it, prepare. It's, it's, <laughs> if you're a KU and Chiefs fan, your emotional roller coaster was kind of. Uh, I, I'm lucky that that's neither of those my team, so I was, I was okay. Yeah. I got to enjoy it. Though. I got to watch. I, I, I didn't get to watch much of the KU games. I was watching the the Bengals. I was watching the football game, mm-hmm. and then, um, but I did see. Obviously, I watched the Chiefs game. That was a great game. It was I, so you know, good. You know, I picked Buffalo when I was kind of rude with Buffalo, but I, 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 I can't get mad about that game. Yeah. And Monday night, I didn't get to watch. I was working late, but I kind of just got glanced at the score. And then I had to pick up. Uh, my kiddo was working concessions, 
They yep. get done before the end of the regulation. So he snuck over to Tyler's seats. So Tyler and uh, Joe Scanlon from the Bevo Boys podcast were in town for the game. I took him over there. I parked at my office instead of paying for parking. And and I took him over and uh, Peyton went to their seats, hung out with them because everybody's standing anyway. Watched both the overtimes. I went and picked them all back up. And uh, they were all like, oh, my God. And poor Tyler was just an emotional wreck because the Chiefs game the night before that <laughs> Saturday. And yeah, and Joe was like, wow, that was great. Because he's not a, he's not, he's from Texas. He's a Texas guy. But he was like, Allen Fieldhouse is incredible. Well, and I, and I believe that was his first time at Allen Fieldhouse, right? It was. Yeah. And and Allen Fieldhouse is incredible. I, it I mean, is. I'm not a basketball. I went to a game earlier this year and they played Mizzou. I've been there a half a dozen times probably. And Every time when you're in there, you know that you're in kind of a historic venue. Yes. And there is something really cool to that. So I'm absolutely. Really so yeah, it, that's so KU KU has Kentucky on Sunday. Saturday. On Saturday. Yeah. So they have a, I believe it's a four o'clock tip. Like I said, uh, game day is going to be in Allen Fieldhouse okay. for ESPN. So that's going to be raucous. Yeah. Um, four o'clock my time, five o'clock central. Sorry. Okay. Five here. Uh, yes. Um, yep. She's in Colorado, people. Give her yeah, a break. Yeah, I'm in Denver. So uh, it's, it's it you know, insane. it's the two winningest programs in men's yeah. college basketball. Yeah. And for the Big 12 SEC challenge, it's mm-hmm. – Hell of, a, hell of a game to have. The next best game that we could possibly have right now would be against Auburn, who Missouri almost beat last night in an extremely close game right after Auburn is named number one in the country for the first time ever. Yeah. Auburn better look out for LSU. We'll wait until we guys ready. Yeah, no. LSU has been hot and cold, but they're... Yeah. They've lost two games in a row. Yeah. But they should have won. Yeah. And they're, they're playing AM as we're recording this. So. Yeah. So, uh, but I would agree. LSU could be problems. Yeah. You know what's going to get screwy? This happens when LSU is good. This has happened the last three times they made the tournament. They always get put on that 8 9 line. So it doesn't matter how good they are. They get screwed because they get put in the 8 9 line and play the one seed the next week. Yeah. You know, the second game and they lose. I was talking to Peyton about it. Peyton says, yeah, they're going to be good. And I was like, no, it doesn't matter. They could win the SEC tournament. It ain't going to make any difference. They're going to get the eight seed, win the eight nine game, and lose to whoever the number one seed is. That's what, that's what LSU's plot in life is basketball. <laughs> I mean, the greatest the greatest college basketball player of all time with LSU, and we haven't been good. We haven't been, and now we can't get anything done. It's get no respect. Pete Maravich is the greatest college basketball player of all. He is. Um, I, I just have questions about your coach buying players but you hey, know. it's all legal now this is, this is the wild, wild i know wild. i know it is we can do whatever we want hey man and this is the nil rule they have got it set up for the I, sec teams i it's fabulous there are sec schools that are hiring football coaches to be the nil guy might as well georgia did it alabama's done it and now a&m has one might as well co- that coach's job is to go find nil deals They've, they've been doing it for years anyways. It's just had to be quieter. Man, now you can go find an NIL deal. I mean, I saw, you know, I you know I do the memorabilia thing. Mm-hmm. Alabama quarterback Bryce Young has an autograph signing coming up. Oh, okay. They're charging 150 bucks per autograph. 
Huh. I'm trying to think when I was living in Huntsville, they had some signings at some of the sports stores in the mall in Huntsville, but it was much cheaper. Of course, the the money wasn't going to the players. It was, I assume, staying with the school. Well, the way they do it normally, you'll see like places will do signings when the kids are no longer eligible. You know, seniors do a signing. Like, I got you the Frank Mason thing. I know. I still have it. I need to get it framed. You better. How you not frame that yet? Uh, Because I've been broke. I've got cash coming in a little bit more now. It's on my list. That's awful. It's been protected. It's safe. Okay. All right. All right. So, um, Ellen, you know, it's today's news here on Wednesday. It's been a very melancholy day for me. Yesterday, yesterday, the New Orleans Saints, Sean Payton. Are you you really that melancholy? Are you? So, I'm, you know, I, I have a love hate relationship with Sean Payton. Um, here's where I'm at on this. 06, the Saints, you know, 05, the Saints would play the whole season on the road because of Hurricane Katrina. Yep. They were 4-12, and 12 and they fire, they fire the coach. They just start basically start the whole franchise over. Mm-hmm. They get Sean Payton and Drew Brees. They're able to get into the draft and get Reggie Bush, and you had this, like, groundswell of support for the Saints. Yep. And Sean Payton and Drew Brees had 15 years together. Mm-hmm. Drew Brees, of course, retired at the end of the season last year. And this year they play without him. Sean Payton admitted that he thought about retiring this summer and not, not playing, not coaching without Drew Brees. I think he wanted to see what he had and just to kind of get through all that. That's fair. But the New Orleans Saints, I saw this. I can't think of who it was. I, one of the ladies on ESPN is talking to Ryan Clark, and she started, they're going to introduce the segment by talking about the Saints. And she says, well, the Saints are known for two things, the Sean Payton, Drew Brees era, and wasting Archie Manning's career. <laughs> Which is so true. It really is. Now, the third would be the Dome Patrol. They wasted the Dome Patrol in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the two biggest things they're known for is the ruining of Archie Manning. And if you think about that for a minute, Archie Manning was so ruined by the Saints that he made sure that neither of his kids went into bad situations when they went to the NFL. Correct. I mean, we all know about the trade that Eli did. He orchestrated so. the trade for the Eli Manning deal. He was not mm-hmm. letting him go play for Marty Schottenheimer. He yep. knew what Marty Schottenheimer would do to a quarterback. And that doesn't get said that way. It always gets said he didn't want to play in San Diego. He didn't right. want to play for Marty Schottenheimer. Correct. That's what it really was. Yeah, it doesn't get said because – over here, people like Marty. I call him the quarterback killer. No quarterback ever played well under Marty Schottenheimer. Joe Montana didn't play well. Joe Montana was also at the end of his career. Joe Montana was still Joe fucking Montana, though. Uh, sometimes age starts showing itself, but, yeah, but still, I, I hear you. I'm telling you, Joe Montana would have been a better quarterback than the Chiefs if I've been the head coach. <laughs> hey, Joe, we're going to run your offense. Those dreams of grandeur. You have them. They I appreciate have not, it. The Saints have not called me yet, but I think the Saints are going to hire. So, um, but okay, back to Sean Payton. I, I again, I'm kind of back and forth on this. I for 15 years, 16 mm-hmm. this year, 
they were always competitive. Mm-hmm. They were never not competitive. And as a Saints fan, that didn't always happen. And I mean, we had some good years, and we had some of those couple of years with Aaron Brooks, the quarterback, and, mm-hmm. and a couple of the years with the Dome Patrol in the late 80s, early 90s. Look it up, greatest linebacker core ever. Um, but we did never had the success. And then they went to a Super Bowl. And, and, and he made the ballsiest call of a play call I've ever seen in my life. And that was ambush, the uh, onside kick to open the second half of the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I mean, down, down 10, he decides I'm kicking an onside kick. Yeah. The number one ballsiest call of all time. I can't even think of anything close. Um, I was at the game when the okay. Saints had the Monday night game, the first home came after Katrina. And Gleason blocked the punt. That's the loudest moment in the history of the mm. world. Mm-hmm. Like, you ever been so loud you literally think you're like floating? Yes. Yes, that was what it was. Like we literally could not hear. You couldn't hear the person next to you if they shot a shotgun. It was just that loud when Gleason blocked that punt. It's just there's just all these memories and all this that it, it it rebuilt New Orleans. Yeah, it really Sean did. And Drew Brees rebuilt New Orleans. Yeah. And so it's sad to see Sean Payton go. But there's been times in the last couple of years, as we've said on this podcast a couple of times, Mm -hmm. I just couldn't take Sean Payton. I know. And I guess you picked the good with the bad, but I think that uh, overall I'm sad. But I'm happy for Sean Payton to get to do it on his terms. So the assumption is, is that he's going to move on to Fox. He's going to Fox, looks like. And I listened to um, a media podcast on The Ringer, and mm-hmm. they were kind of talking about this last week, yeah. about whether networks basically have a draft board of players and coaches uh-huh. of who they might have ongoing discussions with yeah. to come into the booth. Yeah. And... It was interesting because, of course, there's ongoing negotiations that are happening right now with Troy Aikman going over to Thursday Night Football on Amazon with Al Michaels. And, and you they, know, you those have- two have all but confirmed it. They can't say it, but they've both said on Richard Deitch's media podcast that they're probably both going in. Right. And as you mentioned, when we were talking beforehand, some of the sticking point is whether Aikman can continue to call the Sunday football game on Fox, which... Assuming that he cannot, because that's a lot of workload to prep yeah, for two he, games. He said he would like to try to do it, but it's a lot of work. So I would assume that Peyton would slide in next to Joe Buck or would, I mean, what would that booth pairing look I like? I think it looks like it's going to be Sean Peyton with Joe Buck. Yeah. Um, I think another idea was that maybe Greg Olson would slide in there with Joe Buck. I think Greg Olson was a really good job. He's he's fantastic. I and really he would, him. And if Sean Payton would do that. There's also talk that Sean Payton may be moving to Fox's pregame show to replace Jimmy Johnson. Just because Jimmy's getting too old? Because of his age. Okay. Yeah, the, uh, the, the, I guess the rumors are that they're Terry Bradshaw and Jimmy Johnson are probably the next two out. Well, I mean, seventies. Terry Bradshaw's <laughs> seventy-seven years old. Uh, Jimmy Johnson's seventy-six, and Jimmy Johnson did not want to travel during COVID. He also lives in Key West, Florida. I wouldn't travel from Key West, Florida to do. I neither would I. No. 
Yeah, it's going to be really interesting. I don't know how long of a contract the Manning signed with ESPN um, for their Manning cast stuff, but I know that people are going to be trying to for sure pluck Peyton, if not Eli. Yeah. So do you think, I guess the question would be then, do you think that the networks do have a draft board of yes. current players and coaches? Mm-hmm. And Absolutely do. Who, like, who would be your dream? Let's talk three. about that. That's a great idea. Let's talk about who would be the people that if you could pick people. Yeah. Peyton Manning would be number one. I think okay. everybody would fire whoever they had to fire to put Peyton Manning on their pocket, on their, on their, their call. And he's not going to do it. What Peyton's doing now is the most he's going to do. Okay. I think you are more apt to see Eli on like a Monday night football then you will see Peyton go in the booth. But okay. I don't think that's going to happen either. I think that they'll do the Manning cast for a little while, and it's fun. Um, I think there'll be some wholesale changes across the board. So we know that Amazon is in negotiations. They're most likely going to sign Al Michaels and Troy Aikman for Thursday Night Football because they can pay the most money, and it's going to be fantastic. That opens up Sunday Night Football, which we know Mike Tirico is taking that job. He'll be with Chris Collins. Will. That's going to uh, be clunky. Yes. They already do some games together because Ma- Michael doesn't do every game. Right. He would have to do all the games on Amazon. Uh, I suspect, and I think it's actually in his contract, that Drew Brees will be the replacement for Chris Collins at some point. I can see more be, comfort with that. He can't be any worse. I know that he's getting criticized for how bad he was in the game last week. He is no worse than Chris Collins no. Chris Collinsworth, like, as a mechanic, we were talking about this in the Jones report. Chris Collinsworth is a mechanic of, of like, being the guy who does the replay and the analysis of the replay and saying, hey, here's a replay by AWS. You know, he does a fantastic job of getting the sponsor in, getting what has to be set in and out. Yes. He's fantastic mechanic. He's been doing it and so long. He is very good at that. While he's plugging his own company in the process. Yes. While plugging pro football. <laughs> Which is his company, yes. Yeah, he is okie doke to everybody on that. Yeah, if you don't know that, yes, Chris Collinsworth is one of the co-owners of Pro Football Focus. They've okie doke all you people that believe that it's a good, it's a good site. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Their rankings don't mean shit. No. <laughs> don't believe me? Take the number ones and all of them and see how good they are. Exactly. You wouldn't take them. You wouldn't make that your team. Um, but... So going back to your, your idea. So I think yeah. Drew Brees is the guy. I think I think he was one of those guys on that board. Uh, I think at one time Jason Witten was on that board for people. And he went to he, ESPN. He was off. He was. He and was that's why he went back to football. He went back to football because he was off. Um, I think number one would be Peyton Manning. I think everybody would want Peyton Manning. Mm-hmm. I can see where Sean Payton would be a logical replacement for a coach. I can see where he would be a logical replacement for a Jimmy Johnson uh, where he'd be really good in a booth, be able to break down both the offense and the defense. He's not young. I mean, he's a little under 60, 58. Mm-hmm. I can see where he's a logical answer. Um, I'll tell you the guy that I think that all these companies have on their board, and I've seen him talk a couple times now about football. Mm-hmm. I think Russell Wilson's going to be an incredible analyst. He will be really good. I think 
a lot of people also chase after Tom Brady and Brady's just going to ignore everyone. Ignore yeah. He, he's got gonna, too many other things going yeah. on. If you recall, we were kids when this happened. Do you remember when, when Joe Montana was on NBC? After he retired, he did a couple seasons where he was in the, in the studio at NBC. I'm not sure that I do. He was bad. He was really bad. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure that Tom Brady would be good, but he's Tom Brady. Well, Everyone I, will chase Tom Brady for something. Do you think that's part, part of the reason why he did that ESPN back about himself? Yeah. So he could have FaceTime for people to see him? Yeah. Yeah. Look, we're, we're going to talk about Brady here in a few minutes, but I, I think that Tom Brady, one, I think he is retired. And two, I think every media place is going to try to get him. I'm, yeah. surprised, that, I'm surprised that Amazon is not going to back up a Brinks truck to his house right now. Um, but we don't know how good he'd be at. I don't know how relatable he'd be. The best analysts are the guys who are relatable. Yeah. That's why I think Russell Wilson's going to be really good. I saw, I've seen him. What convinced me on that is the two times I saw him on the Manning cast. Mm-hmm. And then I've seen him talk about just talking about football a couple of times. And he's able to get um, deep concepts out in regular language where you can understand it easily. You know who I also think might be interesting is J.J. Watt. I can see that. I think for the linemen, it's a tough thing. The linemen, it's a tough one. I mean, Michael Strahan is really good. Um, he, he is, but I think J.J. Watt is just one of those multifunctional personalities yeah. Yeah. that would be able to translate. I, I would love to see something with J.J. Watt, right? like gr- him and Gronk. <laughs> and it'd be well. Here's hear, hear me out. It'd be like the Muppets with the two old men in the, in the yes. Uh, and you know the two of them on an alt cast talking about all the craziness that's going on. The two of them on an alternate broadcast of the Red Zone. They would be the mystery be science. It would be, be the good. mystery science theater three thousand yeah. of whatever game yeah. is going on. I think JJ Watt would be probably be pretty funny. Yeah. And I think if you put something like some more irreverent like like Gronk on there with him. You gotta you gotta put a third person to keep them moving. You know, you put Andrew Siciliano in between them or something like oh, that. Oh, that would be good. You know, I, I, he's gonna stay with the Sunday ticket. They're gonna keep that. That's gonna that's just gonna move to Amazon, but he'll they'll still keep him. He's so good at that. He's he's great. He's incredible. I've missed watching him over the Andrew last Siciliano few years. Incredible. There, there is no one, you know, a couple of years ago, they were trying to get Chris Berman to do that job. Oh god, he no. Been awful. Ugh. He would have been awful at that job. And they were going no. to pay him like three times. They were going to pay Siciliano. Like, I, it's just ridiculous. No. But, um, so yeah, I think you're going back to that board of people. Mm-hmm. Um, I see where you're at with J.J. Watt. Um, Russell Wilson would be one for me. I've been very impressed with him. Um, I'm trying to think of older players. Everyone will chase Brady. No one will get him. Yep. Um... What about Stafford when he cycles out? Because he's yeah, towards the end of his career, too. His career, you're right. You're right. And I you think know, I he's going to have some interesting perspectives having played in some place like Detroit and then coming to the Rams. Um, and he's he was on the Manning cast at least once. Yeah. Good, you know, yeah, answer really good that personality. Kind of thing. I think you have to have some personality. Quarterbacks, so it's always helpful to be a quarterback. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of other people off the top of my head here. 
I'm trying to think of guys near the ending of their career too. I'm trying. Um, Are there any wide receivers? Patrick Peterson, be? I'm thinking of. Patrick okay. Peterson, I think would be really good. Um, Larry Fitzgerald. I don't know why he is in a booth somewhere now. He, he's doing the podcast thing with Tom Brady right now. Okay. So he he's on that thing. It's Jim Gray with Larry Fitzgerald and Tom. Okay. Yeah, no. Right now. I he, think part of it was because he left himself open to play if he wanted to at the end of the season this year. Sure. He's not going. Um, Larry would be fantastic. I think Larry, and he has a media. His father was in the media for a long time. Mm-hmm. His dad was a, was a Vikings reporter for years and years and years. Yeah. Larry think, would be Larry Fitzgerald really great. You know, a lot of it now is that, like, you go to the ESPN, you know, mm-hmm. that's where they get all these guys. They're not taking the big names anymore um, because they're for every, you know, Peyton Manning you hire, you could hire, you know, Ryan Clark, Booger McFarlane, and three others. Right. And move Jeff Saturday and move them all around. Yeah. And you end up finding that some of those guys are really good. People make fun of Booger McFarlane, but he's really good. I enjoy and, listening to him. Yeah, I mean, he's a he was a goofball. They had the Booger Mobile on Monday Night Football, and that was kind of a goof off. But yeah, they didn't have a lot of chance. But I mean, like him and Marcus Spears and Jeff Saturday. I think Jeff Saturday is great. You know who the best? You know who the best football analyst on ESPN is right now, though? Hmm. Mina Kimes. Oh, I love Mina Kimes so much. Mina Kimes is, is spot on about stuff. She's, She's fantastic really on base. On just about every level that Mina I Mina Kimes is proof that if you if you really wanted to, she can be an offensive coordinator. Especially with, with her knowledge of the game. And it's not even that with her financial background, because yeah. she was a financial reporter, yeah. I believe, before shifting yeah, into fully into sports. Yeah. Her an her analytical mind it's just going to feed so much into that. Yeah, a team a team would be really well off to hire her and Lewis Riddick. Mm. Mm-hmm. Lewis Riddick is begging to get a job right now. How he doesn't have a GM job, I don't get it. He's great, and and he'll be so much better as a GM than he is in Monday Night Football right now. Not because he's not good; he's the only thing good in that booth. Because Brian Greasy's awful, and Steve Levy needs to go back to calling hockey games. Oh, you know, I to be honest. Unless there's been a Manning pass this season, I haven't watched the the booth I for watched, Monday Night Football. I watched them when the Saints was on. I, mm-hmm. I couldn't watch. Like I said, I couldn't watch the Manning cast when the Saints were on. I want to watch the game, and the Manning cast has all the extra stuff. Right. But when there was no Manning cast, I watched those guys, and and I just they're okay. I mean, they're not great. They're not what Monday Night Football should be. Monday night hasn't been Monday night for quite a while, though. Yeah, but if you could get, if you can get a big name play by yeah, play, and then you went and got Russell Wilson in a few years, it would be again. It could. It, it's never going to be what it was because Sunday night football pays too much money, and they get right. all the they get all the big games now. But you can still make it some kind of appointment television. The problem is ESPN owns it, and they're all about saving money now. They're part of Disney. Yes, I mean. Um, Amazon's going to change the game. That's what they're doing. It's really going to be a lot of money on this. It's going to be interesting to see how they do that because I've frankly, I forget that Thursday night football is on because as far as what's going on in my head, it's on NFL channel, Mm -hmm. which I 
cut and the cord years. Stream live on Amazon. Right, and I cut the cords years ago. So, yeah. and, well, you not only is it going to be streaming, but there is talk that Amazon is going to buy the NFL Network. Well, and frankly, maybe we could get some decent games on yeah. Thursday night. They instead will. Of just Amazon's paying enough games. money. Yeah. Well, the tricky thing is that it's hard to flex a Thursday game. Right. So they're going to have to go get named players. So we're going to see Chiefs games on Thursdays this year. I'm okay with that. You're going to see, you're going to see, you know, the Chiefs twice. You're going to see the Bengals and Burrow twice. You're going to see the Rams twice. You're going to see a couple of those teams a couple of times. A few yeah. Top four, four, five teams. So yeah, but I'm trying to think of other like top NFL current players that would be great calling games. Um, well, you just never know. You never know who's good till you see him do it. And that's the thing. And that's kind of the the interesting point that you made about ESPN is that it ends up becoming sort of a minor league system. Yeah. Because even with CBS and Fox having multiple teams calling games because they are regionalized. Yeah. There's it's such really- a small audience that sees them. And yes, the execs are the ones that are making the call to move yeah. and shift the teams. Yeah. Because like the games you get are different from what we're getting here. Right. And then, like, if you got to be like in like Arizona and three other places to see Gus Johnson and the keep the lead, and they're great. I mean, I'm not going to watch some of their keep to leave is freaking incredible. He's amazing. But I, why, why doesn't Ian Eagle have? A larger platform. I know, he yeah, is another great. fantastic play-by-play yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah. I think there's, yeah, I, I agree 100. percent There's, you know, it's funny. A couple of years ago, when Romo became the guy, mm-hmm. you know, they said that they, the, all the companies wanted, we're, we're going to talk to him, right? And I guess you know, CBS tried him out. They do practice games. They put him I in think a studio. They, all do. they yeah. put, yeah, they put him in a studio. They play a game, and they do the game with their play-by-play guy. And I guess when Romo was doing games, because he knew the game, he, mm-hmm. knows the, he just knew, okay, well, here's what he knows tendencies. He read tendencies better than anybody, I think. Yes. I mean, going back to Matt. And they were just, everyone was wild by Romo. Everybody yeah. wanted it. And he became the highest paid guy quickly because he's really good. Well, you ask me, the, analyst, the actual play-by-play analyst, the actual in-the-booth analyst, mm-hmm. there's two that are heads and shoulders above everybody else. It's Romo and Aikman. Romo and Aikman are one and two, and then there's a big gap before three. Yeah, I, I, that's probably right. And so, to me, they are the color people, not the play-by-play. Yeah. Whereas with, I think with Nance being the play-by-play guy, and you get Tariko play-by-play. I think one of the interesting things about Nance and Romo together is their shared love of golf. Yeah. And so I think they've created a relationship outside of the booth. Yes. I think you have to have that. Because I bet your ass they have lost and won a ton of money off of each other Playing on golf. the golf course. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, those two, I mean, those two, you can tell have a good relationship. You can, yeah. Um, you can see with uh, Buck and Aikman, they spend yes. time together. You can see that. Yep. Joe Buck, let's talk about this for a half a second. I love the guy. I'm sorry. Uh, he, people hate him. And he may I be, and he may very him. well be, let me say this. 
he may very well be the greatest play-by-play guy of all time. He that's a that's a hard fucking job. It, it's he super does it hard seamlessly at anything. You yes, can have that he, guy do your daughter's dance recital and it will be seamless. And it's not even that I've heard him more and more over the last few years on podcasts where he's talking more about his personal life. Yeah. You know, he's written a couple of books about his hair transplants and other nonsense. Yeah. He's so self-depreciating. He understands that he is to some level a meme. Yeah. And he's okay with it. Yeah. People in Kansas City don't like him because he's from St. Louis. Oh, people everywhere don't like him. Because... Yeah, but people here really don't like him because he's I from St. He's and Jack, his dad. He's and... Jack Buck's kid. When they when he called the games, and, and he brought up a good point. I heard Joe Buck say this in an interview. He said the reason that a lot of times people don't like the way I call games is because, especially in baseball, you listen to, you know, 162 games, and your team is on TV every night practically, and you mm-hmm. got your local guy. Yep. You know, here you got Ryan Lefevre and. Um, Rex Hudler. And they're pretty good. Not great, but they're pretty good. I like Hudler. I like Hudler a bit more than a lot of people do. But I do. I like, I like Hudler. <laughs> right. um, so anyway, they those two, I mean, like, that's just an example. But you hear those guys, say you watch 50 games, and they're always talking about the Royals. Right. I'm a Red Sox fan. I listen to Don Orsillo and Jerry Remy. Rest in peace, Jerry Remy. And they're talking about the Red Sox. So when Joe Buck's calling the Red Sox versus the versus the Orioles, mm-hmm. he's talking about both teams. That's going to make me think he's against my team because he's not talking about my team the whole game. Yeah. But when you're, you know, so people will automatically think that he has to talk about both teams. He does. And I think that that job is so hard. People don't realize how hard that job is because you got someone talking in your ear mm-hmm. about 20 seconds till this break. Don't forget, you got to read this live read. Don't forget, and we're going to this. Don't he's forget about the this. game. And the he's spotters got, that are also talking to him. Spotters telling him what's going on. Mm-hmm. He has an analyst sitting next to him who he's trying to get time for. Yep. Um, a, a good play-by-play guy is worth their weight in gold. No, I, I, mean, I fully agree. I called games with Tyler. And Tyler's good. And he's mm-hmm. getting us in and out of stuff. And, and the one time we actually had a producer... We were both like, just, just can we mute him? <laughs> like, we're like, just, just mute Jim. Just, just mute him. Don't listen. You got this. Don't worry. I'll, I'll save your ass at the end if we have to. Uh huh. You know, and he was kicking it over to me, and I kick it back to him, and then he's gonna read three live reads, you know, and get those in between plays. I mean, when you got to do a promo for WWE SmackDown between plays, yeah, it's hard. It is. You know, it is. What those guys I, do is, is difficult. And, and to think that, oh my God, they suck. They told those guys are the best of the best. Mm-hmm. And, and I think Joe Buck, the fact that he does baseball and every bit as good as he does football. Yes. You heard him do the US Open. He was pretty good. Yeah, he was. He was pretty good. I mean, he's not as soft as Jim Nance is, but he's better than Jim Nance. Yeah, it's interesting because I don't. Nance is great for golf. He is, and he's good in the final four. 
He's good during the college but, basketball but season altogether. He, he kind of, what he's good at in basketball because the way the ebbs and flows of that game go, mm-hmm. you kind of do have to keep it streamlined a little bit. Yeah. He's good at that. But in football, you have to have the ups and downs. Mm-hmm. And Joe Buck is good at that. He, he is. anybody at that. He lets you know when this play is more important than the last five. Yep. Yep. And the next five. Full on agree. I mean, he's he's excellent. And I, I watch a lot of baseball. We get the baseball package, so I'm always looking through different games, different announcers. And I think there's like 10 good baseball announcers. <laughs> like there's like 10. And the Royals don't have either of them. So. Although I do love uh, Joe Chiambi moving over to the Marquee Network for the Cubs. Yeah, Boog is one of my favorites. I yeah. think he's incredible. See, I think he should have got Sunday Night Baseball. And that's why he left. He left ESPN because he didn't get Sunday Night Baseball. I know. He went to Matt instead. And I was like, I know. Awful. It was the awful. Shiami, they should have made Shiami and Chipper Jones. Oh, that would have been Sunday great. Great. If have done that, it would have been yeah. a million times. And I think A Rod is pretty good. He's all right. Yeah. He knows the game. He's no, good. I know. People don't like A Rod because he's A Rod. I don't like Aaron, but he's good at that game. He's better in the studio. So does this mean that we need to move on to the Hall yeah, of Fame? Probably need to get to there. So, all right. Let's get to the Hall of Fame. We already, let's move on a little bit here. We got, we can talk that stuff all day. I mean, that's, that's <laughs> for me. Um, yeah. I will say best, best underrated, if you haven't heard him yet, play-by-play guy in all sports, the Padres. The Padres play-by-play guy is um, um, I said Don Orsillo earlier. Don Orsillo is, is it's Don Orsillo. He was with the Red Sox. He's now with the Padres. Uh, Dave O'Brien is the Red Sox guy now. He's mm. good. But Don Orsillo is great. Uh, he's fantastic. He, you know, but the thing is that you got guys like, you know, the old school Harry Carey kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And Don Orsillo has a little bit of that. Nice. I would like he has, that. He has a little bit of this is the home team. I'm rooting for the home team. Mm-hmm. And if you're listening to this podcast, this this broadcast, you're doing it because you're also rooting for this team. Oh yeah, that would be nice. You know, so it's yeah, he gets excited during games. I like that. Yeah, the Red Sox did a bad job when they fired him. So, all right, so the Hall of Fame. We we had last week. We did our Hall of Fame votes, and I think we had. Did you have ten? I think I had nine and you had 10. Uh, I may have had nine. Okay. I don't remember. But well, Hall of Fame was- only elected one. <laughs> so uh, David Ortiz is in, Dick Poppy, 77% mm-hmm. of the vote. Um, the next two were Bonds and Clemens. Bonds was 65 votes short and Clemens was 67 votes short. Both on their 10th year, they're not getting it. At least not now. Right. They'll both be put, most likely be good put on the new error committee ballot, which will be starting in December. Which is called the Today's Game. Today's Game, yeah. <laughs> Today's Game committee. They'll be on, They'll both be on that ballot starting in December. Um, big Poppy. You got any Big Poppy story? You like big, are you a Big Poppy person? Or? You know, um, I've never had any issues with Big Poppy. Of course, mm-hmm. after the Boston Marathon, him coming back and doing the pregame kind of speech to the crowd, 
about how we are. Ooh. You can say it. We can, we can cuss on this podcast. Sorry, my cat pulled out my mic. Um, Cat pulled out the microphone here, folks. Yes. Uh, You know, Big Poppy doing the comeback speech after the Boston Marathon shootings and uh, just saying we are Boston and all that kind of stuff. He said, said, this is our fucking city. Yeah. I don't know of any reason not to like the man just for who he is as a person beyond... If he you, was a great player. If you can't like Big Poppy, there's something wrong with you. And I think he, in some ways, kind of really revolutionized the DH to make it to what teams are starting to utilize it now. Yeah. I, I think that he is the second most important player in the last 25 years of baseball. Who's first? Not, Derek Jeter. I think Jerry okay. Jeter and, and, and David Ortiz are one and two. And you could argue one or two back and forth. I mean, they're close. Um, the fact that Jeter played in New York is probably a little more important. But, um, you know, Big Poppy is someone, David Ortiz is, um, I mean, universally respected and liked. I mean, even Yankee fans mm-hmm. like David Ortiz. And he played his, he played his whole career, but he played the great majority of his career in Boston. I mean, they don't like anybody. Yeah, okay. it's like anybody from Boston. And the Red Sox, it's not like anybody from New York. Um, but this is a guy who came up with the Minnesota Twins. Ended up getting um, DFA'd, signed with the Red Sox, and the Red Sox gave him a chance. He got into spring training. He ends up making the team. He ends up becoming the DH. And he was really the pivotal part of sort of 04 to 28 to the 2013, his last season. Those, those 10 years he was there, he won three championships. And in 08, it was 04. He had the greatest postseason of all time. Yeah, and he hit something like 400 in the division series, and he hit all the home runs, and he hit like mm-hmm. 600 in the World Series. He's just a ridiculous player. Um, and everywhere you see everything he does, now he's on Fox. He's great. He has that. He, he my wife loves Big Poppy next to Chipper Jones, her all-time favorite player. Mm-hmm. Next to, and she always says the same thing. If she ever met Big Poppy, she just wants to give him a hug. So this he's begs the question. Are you going to Cooperstown? Yes, we are going to go to Cooperstown. All right. Yeah, we're going to do a we're going to probably record a podcast from Cooperstown. We're going to do it. I'm going to go just the two of us. I'm not taking anybody with no kid, no kid yep. going with us. Just the two of us are going to go. I'd be okay with friends or something coming along. Sure. Uh, it'll be it'll be it'll be crazy good because like this year Buck O'Neill gets in as well. Yes. He got in from the committee. Um, mm-hmm. Jim Cott got in from the committee. Mm-hmm. Um, Gil Hodges. So there's some big names that other than Big Poppy, um, you know, Bob, I assume that Bob Kendrick's going to give Buck O'Neill's acceptance speech. He better, they better ask him to do it because if not, it's a fucking crime and he will be incredible. Um, And he runs the Negro League baseball hall of fame, right? Negro League baseball museum. Yeah. If you ever get a chance, if you haven't been to the Negro League's baseball museum, make it happen it's so good when nicholas and i were in kansas city a few years ago we made a trip over there and toured it and he thought it was the coolest thing ever did you do the guided tour no if you get a chance do Mm -hmm. the guided tour with mr kendrick okay because he's the one so the negro leagues gets kind of passed down you know it was all about the stories 
Yep. You know, Satchel Page and Josh Gibson. They, they told these stories down for generations. Yeah, the oral history of it. Yeah. And, and Buck O'Neill became so big because of uh, really Ken Burns baseball brought him to the forefront. Mm-hmm. And the person he told all those stories to, and he kind of entrusted with all those is Bob Kendrick. And so I hope that when they induct Buck O'Neill, that is that Mr. Kendrick is the one that does that because he's absolutely incredible. We got to do that tour with him doing it. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. We've done it. I've done it before without. Mm-hmm. It's great without. It's a hundred times better. You know, cool Papa Bell was so fast that when he turned off the light switch, he was in bed before the lights went out. Nice. Those okay. are things you don't hear. You don't, yeah. you don't, you don't know that by looking at something. It, it, the flavor. It, yeah. And so I'm happy for that. Uh, with Big Poppy, though, it's just, it's going to be a crazy, crazy Red Sox mm-hmm. fans everywhere in Cooperstown. Um, if you've never been, I've been one time before, I went a few years ago, and it's the fans for each individual team come out. Well, I, I, tell you. I yeah. hope that you have started looking and booking. We are. <laughs> yeah, we haven't booked anything yet, but we know what to do. There's okay. a tours company that specializes in the Hall of Fame. That's what you said. Of course, tours, and... yeah. I, I may end up sharing the info, see if I can give them something for it, you know. There you go. <laughs> but uh, it's absolutely incredible, and they do have a great way of doing it. Um, I also will say, you know, Big Poppy's from the Dominican. So, and this was the other part of the story. Yeah. Like when he got attacked a few years ago yeah. and was yeah. in the ER and was in ICU for several days trying to recover from those stab wounds, I believe, or was it gunshot? It was a gunshot. He was, he was shot. Yeah. Um, absolutely insane. Yeah. So if, I went to the Hall of Fame the year that Vladimir Guerrero got in. Mm-hmm. And uh, Vlad, Vlad Sr., Vlad Jr. will eventually get there. <laughs> um, he will. He's awesome. Um, but he was not the first Dominican player. Um, Juan Marichal is the first one. But it was the first kind of modern player to get in. And the Dominicans represent straight up. They represent. They were all over. I bet. And I got to tell you, I can move to the Dominican Republic <laughs> because those Dominican, oh my Lord, Lord have mercy. Dominican women and just, just woo. I know. And you know, they'll be in the house for big poppy. So I know guys, you mentioned that last week too. Yeah, guys, if you get a chance, book it now. <laughs> that alone is worth it. So uh, I want to ask you about, so on that ballot, uh, the way it works is you're on the ballot for 10 years. And then if you don't make the 75%, then you're off. You're at, you're done. This was the last year for Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens. Now, where do you fall on those two in the Hall of Fame? Listen, um, there's all these folks who have been voted into the Hall of Fame who have been doing steroids that they just didn't get called out on. And so there's some level of hypocrisy of saying just because we think we know these people or we are fairly certain that these people did steroids that they should not be in the Hall of Fame just for that reason alone. Get them in. This 
this idea that baseball is a pure sport has been bullshit since the dump. Let it go. Let's all sing the frozen anthem and just yeah. let it go. Yeah. Because it's nonsense. Yeah. I I look at the Hall of Fame. Now, the Hall of Fame is not run by Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball has nothing to do with the Hall of Fame. Right. It's just the baseball writers. Yeah, it's, the, it's, it's the National Baseball Hall of Fame. And the Hall of Fame is supposed to tell the story of baseball. Mm-hmm. And uh, I took an interesting class. When I was in college at K-State, I took a class, the history of baseball. And the history of baseball is also tied to the history of America. Mm-hmm. You go decade by decade, you can over the, since the 1900s, through the 1900s, even down to the 2000s. You can reflect a lot about how your country is based on our, our country is in America based on how baseball is. And we've seen some interesting cats get in the Hall of Fame that were just bad people. Ty Cobb was a bad guy. Ty Cobb was a terrible person. And he, made, he, was in the first, and he was in the first group to make the Hall of Fame. You can't tell the story of baseball without telling the steroid story. Or the gambling story. Pete Rose should be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Pete Rose should be in the Hall of Fame. Shoeless Joe Jackson probably should be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. I think you can't fairly tell the story of baseball without talking about it. And if that includes on Barry Bonds's plaque, it says, you know, questioned and, you know, suspected of steroid, you know, suspected of illegal substance use, whatever. Whatever asteroids you want to yeah. put, fine. But Barry, but no, you can't tell the story of Major League Baseball, of, of baseball in the last 120 years without mentioning the player who hit the most home runs. No. With the guy who's probably either the second or third greatest hitter of all time. Yeah, it's it's just, it's it's foolish. Yeah, as good as David Ortiz is, very bonds is a better player. And, you know, I would be really curious speaking of the baseball hall of fame reflecting in some senses, American history, the evolution of the voting of the tenure and then coming in as the new era or today's game, or, you know, as pioneers. Yes. Because how much of this is going to change when the boomers get the fuck out of the baseball writers and people who actually acknowledge reality of what the game is and was and what it's going to be because all this stuff is going to continue. Yeah. So I agree with you. So kind of how it works. So first off a few years ago, it used to be 50, you were on the ballot for 15 years. Mm -hmm. Now it's 10. Uh, what they did in place of that is they now have um, two, three, four, five, four, four different committees. They are the early baseball committee, which is prior to 1950, the golden days committee, as they call, which is 1950, 1969, modern baseball, which is 1970, 1987, and today's game, eighty-eight to present time. Okay. These committees meet, two committees meet a year, and they have... Uh, 16 people. Um, so, for instance, um, the early baseball committee voted for this year. Um, also, the Golden Era Committee voted for this year. Uh, the Golden Era Committee put in um, 
uh, Jim Cott and uh, let me get it, Jim Cott and Gil Hodges. I don't have the early base, but it's the one that had Buck O'Neill. There's another one with Buck O'Neill as well, as an example. But those committees are made up of all former players um, and people involved in baseball. Now, the Hall of Fame is voted on by writers and members of the Hall of Fame. Okay. Votes. Uh, you got to get 75% of votes to get in. And yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't want to call it a crime. It's not a crime. I, I understand why some people don't vote for Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens. But again, my argument is you cannot tell the story of baseball without those two players. No. And, and, and I think that uh, they're off the ballot now. They're going to go to the, the modern baseball committee. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think they're going to have good success there for a while. I can't see George Brett voting for those guys. No, I wonder, you know. He's on that they, committee. They may be one of the kind of, hey, it's the last ballot push yeah. that they actually have a chance, a final, yeah. final chance of getting in. Yeah. Um, but still, I think it's a little bit ridiculous. As we I talked mean, about last week, these unwritten rules yeah. that the writers have and that baseball has in general in a lot of instances they're nonsense. Yeah. Well, so the other one that was that was kind of to me, when we're talking about the this year's vote. Mm-hmm. He had Big Poppy. He gets it. Mm-hmm. Last year for Bonds and Clemens, it's their last chance. Mm-hmm. And they both were a few votes short. Kurt Schilling went way down because he's just, he, he just misbehaving. He's just he pissed too many people he, off. Well, he said he did not want the writers to vote for him. Yeah. He liked his chances with the players, but um my curious one was A-Rod. A-Rod is on the ballot for the first time this year and only got 34% of the ballot. I think A-Rod pissed so many people off yeah. by saying he never did steroids and then turning around and admitting that he, he did. Admitted it. Yeah, and he admitted all the things he did. Now, A-Rod, if you compare him and Bonds, Bonds got 36% his first year. Mm-hmm. I would have thought as certain, because you were talking about people cycling in and out, Mm-hmm. I would have thought that A-Rod would have gotten more votes. I also, frankly, thought A-Rod would have gotten more votes because of the last three or four years of him being on Fox and him being on ESPN. And I thought J- these last couple J-Lo of J-Lo got him big credit. Yeah. I think, the way I think it was is I think that I think that was all kind of a redemption to it. Sure. It was to say, hey, I am kind of a regular guy, which he isn't relatable in that way at all. He's good at what he does, but he's not relatable. No. You know, but I, I, I thought that would help him more and it hasn't. So I think it's pretty clear. The stance is if you're one of those people, you're not getting in. You know, McGuire, his art, Mark McGuire, has already said, look, he made the mistakes. He admitted it. And he said, I'll never get in. And I'm okay with that now. I don't like it, but I understand there's a price to pay. Mark McGuire was very in introspective about it when i read it no and and i appreciate that i think people are holding grudges for some weird adherence to a game that especially for the writers regardless of how good they are and how analytically they can or colorfully they can tell the game they never played it they weren't in the clubhouses beyond just being in there for local coverage yeah well yeah i so i think that argument's a little a little off like i get it they don't know how to play that they don't play the game 
and how difficult it is. That doesn't mean that you can't be a, a writer, be around the game and not really have a good clue of how difficult it is. No, no, no. I appreciate that, but they are, I guess it's from the point of the day-to-day grind. Okay. So yeah. a, a writer's day-to-day grind is yeah. different yeah. than a player's day-to-day grind. Yeah. Both of them probably aren't great because if you're trying to hit deadline, yeah. you know, 20 minutes before something drops, it's not lovely. And then you're trying to jump to whatever city, but the physical toll is a little bit different. Yeah. And I'm not saying that that's a pass. And I'm not saying that writers in general or analysts should be discounted, but I think baseball writers in particular have yeah. somehow climbed up to an echelon of sports writers, which have become more vaulted, just like, it's weird. Do you think it'd be more more accepting now? I would hope so. I think- I'll give you you a good example and we'll know if it's true. Mm -hmm. Um, I suspect the next couple of years, Zach Greinke retires. Yeah. And when he becomes eligible five years after, We'll see. I think that'll be an interesting test because that was someone who was universally not good to writers through his career. Correct. He was just a straight asshole. But he is talent-wise absolutely a Hall of Fame. This is why I think A-Rod will get in the first five years. You think so? You think he'll get in? Yes. I don't think he gets in. If it's going to be, it's going to be near the backside of that 10 years. Interesting. Numbers, okay. Because he, again, I'm comparing the number to Bonds. Sure. Bonds started at a higher number and still couldn't get there. And there's been a push for, okay, Bonds, yeah, he, you can't tell the story without Bonds. He is maybe the greatest player. I mean, he's in the argument. Don't disagree. Yeah. I mean, you, you come up with your top five players of all time, but you don't include Barry Bonds. You're near I mean, it's just he's he's up there. I mean, he's in the he's in the Ruthian Mike Trout <laughs> oh, atmosphere. Yeah, yeah, atmosphere, and he he absolutely deserves it. Huh? So, but I think the A Rod thing to me is kind of interesting to see what happens. I, I I hope you're right. I think he should be in. I think all three of them should be in. Um, I don't. I just don't think it'll be easy because that first number starts low. But it had to be some kind of a major groundswell. To go from 34 to 75. And, and is the groundswell just a change in the demographic? Maybe. I don't know. All right. A couple more things and we'll get out of here. Um, the, the Bucks are out in the NFL playoffs. Mm-hmm. Now we got Brady and Gronk mm-hmm. out here. Mm-hmm. Brady, Gronk, retiring, not retiring. I think it depends. I, I think. think I told, go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. I told you off the air that Gronkowski said that as of right now, he would probably retire. But if he was making a decision right now, he'd probably retire. This is as of Wednesday, he said this. Right. Um, but I think that also is a signal to I want to see what Brady's going to do. And I think, you know, Brady has come out and made the statements has to talk to Giselle, has to talk to his family, has to make some decisions as to where 
everybody wants to be because his kids are finally aware, you know, old enough to know what he does, blah, 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 blah. I think he also wants to know what's going on with Bruce because Bruce has some health issues. He's got to have Achilles surgery. He's had some cancer scares and he wants to see what they're going to be able to do draft wise. I, if he retires, I would be surprised if he retires before the draft. I'll go a little opposite for you on this. One, I okay. think Tom Brady is retired. Okay. Um, just the quotes we've seen this last week, what he said with Jim Gray on the podcast, you know, I enjoy the time with my kids. I need time with my kids. Mm-hmm. I have nothing. It was the, I have nothing to be embarrassed about. I think a lot of this season was, uh, we won the championship. I got to go defend it. Mm. And, you know, he, I don't think he played great in that game, that last game, but he gave his team a chance to win. And for sure, I think he, you know, he played at, a, at an exceptional level. Uh, I made the comment on the Jones report that all right, I'm 46. Mm-hmm. Brady's gonna be 45 at the beginning of the season. Now, I have trouble getting out of bed some mornings. Now, I'm not the athlete and I don't take care of myself nearly, not even fucking close to what Tom Brady does, <laughs> but. Tom Brady is still going to be 45 fucking years old. Oh, I know. I mean, he's only a few months younger than me. Yeah. And I just don't see that you're going to put yourself in a situation to do that again. Saddle up again. He doesn't have anything else to prove. That team is a lot of veterans. Mm -hmm. Hi, ESPN. That was my ESPN ad. (laughs) ESPN.com up. We got a cover girl ad. We're going to leave that in. That's fucking funny. So, um, but Brady, you know, I think the thing with Brady is that he, that team has a lot of veterans. Like I was saying, it's not like he's abandoning a team of young players. Right. Those guys can all scatter and go find jobs. They're probably going to anyway. A lot of them will. Mm-hmm. You know, I think a lot of those guys loaded up for one more year. I mean, the guys like Grock and, For- and Fournette and a few others you know, are there for another year um, just right. to grading the defensive thing. I don't see that happening um, next year. I think that, I think Tom Brady's going to retire. And I think he's, and this is just me reading the tea leaves. I don't have any, obviously I don't have any inside information. And I don't blame him for going back and trying and trying to keep playing as long as you can. If you can, and your body can physically do it. God bless. Him. Yeah. But and he played at a high level most of the season. Mm-hmm. He didn't play at a high level that last game. But again, I'm not going to, that isn't, I don't think that's going to be held against him. He has not embarrassed himself in Tampa. He has not been Joe Namath, you know, St. Louis Ram or uh, LA Ram. Right. He hasn't been Johnny United's San Diego Charger. You know, Willie Mays, New York Net. That is not what Tom Brady has done in, in Tampa. And you know, one more year, maybe he's not that next year, but maybe he is. That's why and I, I don't think he wants it to his legacy. either. And, you know, I can appreciate not ending on the down note, but to me, that's why it makes sense to wait until after the draft. Yeah. But I don't think the team can let him do that either though, because mm. you can't go into this. You can't go into a draft, especially at the quarterback position. 
Because if you don't have Tom Brady, you got to fight a quarterback. And you can't go into the draft and say, hey, Tom, we got you some weapons. And he goes, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, guys. I'm not coming back. That's they fair. Gotta the draft. They got to know sooner that they got to know by they got to know by March first because of the salary cap. Ah, uh, see, these are things I don't think of. So I mean, they, they I think we're going to know with Tom Brady a week or two after the Super Bowl. Okay, I think so we're going to get so much news in the NFL that week. Or, the, the NFL really discourages a lot of things going public at the end of the season, like during the playoffs, and it's certainly sure. next week. When you get the Super Bowl teams, there's no game. Mm-hmm. They really discourage a lot of stuff happening there. They'll really discourage Tom Brady and Gronkowski from making that decision or putting it out there, or Rodgers asking for a trade, that sort of stuff. Yeah. But I do think we'll see that. I think that after the Super Bowl, a week or two after, Brady's going to make an announcement one way or the other. It's either I will be back or it'll be – it's been a great run and I have nothing left to prove. Mm-hmm. I'm going to leave Tampa now and let them do their thing moving forward. Thank you to everybody. And really money wise, I mean, yeah, he's already rich, but if he wants to be a billionaire, he can't do that on the field. Oh no. And I make more watch. money off the field now. Oh, Absolutely. Um, so I think that's, I think that's a, I, I mean, if he wants to be a billion, if he wants to be Michael Jordan in money, if he wants to own a team, whether he wants to own a team or not, I don't even know if that's important to him. I know it's important to Peyton Manning, but, <laughs> uh, but I, I, and I don't know if Brady wants to do that, but I know that he wants to make as much money as he can. He wants to build that TB12 to be, well, sure. TB12 to be a Jordan brand eventually. Yeah, no. He absolutely could do it. It, it'll be interesting to see what uh, Valentine's Day brings since it's the Monday following the Super Bowl. Yeah. So it'll be, it'll be fun. Um, so I do think, I think both of them are tired. I think, I think if no Brady, I don't think Gronk is back. That makes total sense. Yeah. I mean, why would Gronk go if there's no Brady? It's why he went there in the first place. Exactly. Yeah. He, he's got plenty of parties in Las Vegas. He can go host and get paid to do and be Gronkowski. And he ain't a brain surgeon, but he's smart with his money. He, he knows he is falling into the pocket where he knows what he's good at and good for him. Do you, you know the story of Gronkowski and his money? No, I don't oh, think man, I do. He's a genius. So he's not a genius, but he, he's lived his entire professional career only mm-hmm. off his endorsement money. Good for him. He's never spent a dollar of his, of his salaries. Fantastic. He saved it all. And he gets money. He, he's been paid to go to, I mentioned the Vegas thing. He's been mm-hmm. paid to go host, you know, parties in Las Vegas at hotels. Right. You know, he's been the Gronkowski cruise. I mean, yeah. You know, he's a brand. He's this like we talked about earlier. He's this crazy dude, and he's still got years to be that dude. He does. He can make a lot of money doing that. And yeah, especially get, when he's not get getting kicked in the football field. Again. Exactly. Exactly. That's a big deal when you're that age. So. Absolutely. Um, I think a lot of what I saw with like what Brady said to Jim Gray this week, I, I think he's done. I just, I think he's trying to get his mind around it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Sure. I don't even want to bring it up. We bring it up on, on, on Tyler's podcast. I had to hear every goddamn word, but I'm going to bring it up one time here and then we won't talk about it until the season's over. Okay. 
Rodgers. Listen. I, I think mom's the word for a couple of weeks, but let me hear your talk. You think here. His whining and bitching can be shoved up his ass as far as I'm concerned. Um, he's made his own choices. I disagree with them on a personal level. He's played phenomenally this year as a quarterback. He has decided to throw a whole bunch of other people under the bus for this week's game, which is shitty, especially on your way out. Coming into the season, he handled it very petulantly. He was a bratty yeah. child. Good work. Yeah, I agree. He, he will be a bratty child on the way out too, yeah. which I hate for Green Bay. It's a great franchise. It has a great history. He had the opportunity to inherit and will inherit a lot of that with him. And he will carry that legacy wherever he goes. He's gone. Where he lands, I don't know. I think there are some things pending on various teams which will make an impact between ownership, GMs, um, and that kind of thing that I don't know where, when OTAs open up, where he's going to be. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's, he played his last game in Green Bay. Yes. There's no way he's going back. When they restructured his contract this last, last offseason, it was basically a, yeah, you get a balloon payment at the end of the year the, for the next season, but it's, a renegotiation, Coy. It's basically yep. forty million on the cap. That as soon as they trade him, it'll be renegotiated. They'll actually renegotiate the deal before the trade. He'll extend it two or three years wherever he goes. We'll extend it with him, and then that'll help the Packers on the salary cap, uh, so they won't have any dead money. Mm-hmm. But really and truly, he's lost so much goodwill. Yes. He's lost goodwill with me. I mean, I'm the guy who a year ago was saying that's the most talented, physically, that's the most skilled quarterback I've ever seen. Yeah. He, he And I still say that. I mean, he is skill-wise, you put it all together, he, he could be the greatest. He's yeah. certainly in that upper, upper echelon. But he lost a lot of goodwill, and he played so bad last week. In what is essentially his last game in Green Bay. And I think that he, um, I think he's going to get traded. I think there's three destinations that make sense to me. They're all in the AFC. I think it's Miami, Denver, and Las Vegas. It's going to come up who gives the best package of picks to Green Bay. Um, that looks like it's going to be Denver. Denver made the trade for Von Miller, trading Von Miller. Got him an extra one and an extra three. It's going to take two first-round picks plus some to get him. My only caveat to that is because the ownership yeah. is about to go to auction. Yeah. That's where my my yeah. comment regarding ownership goes. Because if the ownership doesn't want it, they're going to block the GM. Because the GM is flat out said that he's in no rush to hire a coach, yeah. whether or not that's Eric the enemy or someone else. Yeah. 
Yeah. That might be a serious impact on who's coming in. Yeah. I, 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 I the Eric Bieniemy thing would be interesting to me because if the Denver Broncos hire Eric Bieniemy, I don't know that Aaron Rodgers is a good fit for Eric Bieniemy. He probably isn't. And so that would take him off the list. Um, it looks like Brian Dable is going to get one of these two jobs. I mean, he's either going to he's going to get one of he's interviewing a second interview with the Giants. He's getting a second interview with the Dolphins. Um, he'll have a choice in a couple of places. I don't know which one he'll take, but um, I think Brian Dayball would take Aaron Rodgers. Save him in yeah. Miami. Um, I'm interested to see if the Raiders end up being what I think it's going to be, which looks like Josh McDaniels. And um, what are we here? We're hearing Josh McDaniels and. One of the defensive coaches from the Patriots as well. I can't think of who. Uh, we we totally lost his name earlier too. Yeah, um, but they, they the the player personnel. One of the player personnel people from the Patriots is supposedly taking the GM job. So it makes sense that again these guys are all pairing up. Um, Josh McDaniels and Aaron Rodgers. That just seems like the douchiest of the douche. Oh um, my God, that would be awful. And so, I mean, that's, that might be a decent, decent, those guys might fit together. They might be like peanut butter and jelly. That would, I mean, and to add Vegas into it. Yeah. yeah. That's just a different factor that yeah. in my mind would actually make it yeah. funnier. I think also you might see like, you know, special, special assistant to the general manager, Joe Rogan. No, sir. <laughs> Dr. Joe Rogan. We'll have to call Neil Young if that happens and yeah. just have him pull the plug. <laughs> have him, uh, yeah. Did you hear what they did about that? What Spotify did? Yeah, Neil Young pulled, they, they pulled down all of Neil Young stuff. Yeah. Neil Young stuff's off Spotify because of Dr. Joe Rogan. If I ever meet Joe Rogan in person, I might take a punch at him. I would just kick him in the nuts because they're I'd probably just, really small. Well, it'd be a hard target to hit. Steroid use makes him small. I mean, you know. Also true. I mean, I, I would, I would. He's got a very punchable face, and so does Rogers now. You know, it's funny. Jeopardy was hundred percent right not hiring him. Yes, even if they didn't really have the full foresight to know why. Yeah. It worked out perfectly. Yeah. Have you seen the new Jeopardy with um, what is her name? I saw it recently. They got Ken Jennings on there sometimes. Like it's when I see him, when I play him sometimes. Mia Bialnik? Yes, I like I'm her. I'm not pronouncing her name correctly. Yeah, I can't get it either, but I like her. Awesome. Otherwise known as, I believe, Amy from... Um, uh, show I didn't like. How I Met Your Mother or something like that. Was she on that one? No, it wasn't. Was how, it was the one about the scientists. Um, oh, The Big Bang Theory. Yes. I have been told for years that I would like that show, but I don't watch a lot of TV. And that's a show that I have never watched an entire episode of. I watched bits and pieces. My ex-husband was into it. Uh, I watched an episode of Young Sheldon a couple nights ago. Uh-huh. And I about threw something at the TV. Yeah, there's, I don't know. There is a certain... Um, it wasn't fun for me at all. ...thing about CBS sitcoms that just yeah. kind of drags me down. It was, it was pretty awful. So I, I let that go. And I was like, uh, no, I'm not going to do that one. Yeah. So, um, 
that's where we're at on this. Hey, I got one last thing. Did you listen to Money's podcast yet? I did. All right. Let's talk about Ayoka Lee. You know, Ayoka Lee? You know, I was really excited because I was looking at stuff coming through and I was like, Nicholas, my son, mm-hmm. yo, this chick dropped 61 without scoring a three. No, it was three all 15 or 17 from the free throw line or free throws. Amazing stuff. Mm-hmm. Just a center getting fed as well she should have been. And mm-hmm. I am thrilled for her. And to your point, she should be getting NIL money. Oh, man. She needs to get that NIL money. So if you haven't seen it, go to ESPN.com. And they actually have a video of every point she scored in the game. Oh, awesome. They took they took every basket, just put them one after another. It's about mm-hmm. a minute and a half long. And they're all in the paint. There are no jump shots. Mm-hmm. They are all in the paint, go to the basket. It'll like Kevin McHale for 61 points. Uh, she went 15 to 17 from the line, no three-pointers. I love that. I love that. I love that. Because um, I think the three-pointers are great. But um, <laughs> I'm not a three-pointer guy. I pay Pistol no. Pete, averaged 44 a game in college without having to shoot a three-pointer. Because they didn't have a three-pointer. Yeah, he would have averaged like 70. <laughs> Kobe, who, if you had Pistol Pete with a three-point line. I, uh, speaking of which, RIP Kobe, it is the anniversary of his passing two years ago. Yeah, I'm not, it's very sad. It is. is, He's gone, I was never a fan of his. I, I, the talent is absolutely, Yes. who he is was great. He's just not my, not my jam. But I, again, I don't wish that kind of thing on anybody. No. No, I mean, no, just horrific. That's horrible, horrific what happened there. And, and, and in all accounts, a good name. I mean, you know, all accounts. I mean, I, even I can't deny that. I mean, what he did for his children, what he did for the people. It, there are things he's done for people that just aren't out there. I've heard some. Oh, that's true, but that he's time. also done some things. He did a couple horrific things. He, he did something horrific at a Colorado hotel. We, we, we kind of pass over that. You know, so that, tried to that just Shaq. needs to be acknowledged. And he tried to blame Shaq for it. He tried to say, well, Shaq pays him off. Look, man, I... Anyway. You can do great things and still be a horrible person on some level, but yes. You know, that's true. That, that's, that's really well put. Can you, be a, can you be a great person and still do a horrible thing? There's plenty of people who did bad things in their life and then I don't, do things to try to make up for it late in life. So I don't know. I think but it, can you be a good person and done something bad? I think you can be a good person depending on how you choose to redeem or rectify yourself. Yeah. yeah. And I know that for instance, Kobe, what he did with school programs, especially with like coaching and outreach and outreach to young players and all that kind of stuff. He did a lot of different things. But I don't, that's a really interesting question. Can you still be quote unquote great with having horrific acts in your past? I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know the answer to that question either. I don't know how do you come to that. I'll say that, and I'm not going to say this person's name, 
but there's a person that I've known over the years and he's no mm-hmm. longer with us now who when he was young he wasn't horrific I mean he did he committed a crime when he was young mm-hmm. and got involved in things he shouldn't have got involved with but then served his time did some things got out and was the best dude you'll ever fucking meet and I mean a model citizen and you know, someone who mm-hmm. cared for his family for kids did a lot of things and that if you know this podcast if you know me you know what I'm talking about I'm not going to talk about him right now but um, I mean, that thing I was more doing something stupid than horrific. I mean, that's right. like a robbery kind of thing. You know, you do something stupid, you steal something from somebody. That's not horrific. What Kobe did was kind of horrific. Yeah, no, no. I fully agree what he did yeah. was horrific. So, I mean, that's the question is, how do you classify horrific? And then how do you really quantify those good works afterwards? Yeah. And if they are actually coming from a changed person or just someone on the long lines of A-Rod, perhaps, who is just trying to get that kind of reputation rebuilt. Yeah. Bill Cosby. Yo. I mean, you know, I mean, that guy threw it all away. We didn't know he was a bad person all those years. He had done it all. And we just thought he was America's dad. We thought he was America's dad. I mean, he had me fooled. I was a huge fan of his. Solomon Cosby himself is still the funniest, like, stand-up comedy act if you're a father ever. That shit rings true. But he did some horrific shit. Horrific. So, all right. That's a good discussion there. So we're going we're gonna to wrap it up. But hey, I got one more question. We got something we got to talk about real quick. Okay. And that's um, we got to talk about our sponsor. We didn't even put that in the middle. We got to do it now. Trunk Club. Trunk Club. Trunk Club is with us, man. And uh, have you got a trunk? Have you got a trunk yet? I'm, I'm going to buy you a trunk. You are. I'm going to buy you a trunk. I'm going to get. Okay. You a I want you to sign up. Use my code. I get you got to go. You got to go to the. You got to go to the show notes. You got to click on the link. I'm going to buy you. Okay. I'm going to do something for you to come do this every week for me. Well, I appreciate that because I was thinking about it listening to the pod on Monday and I was like, shit, I still haven't done that. I said I would do it on Friday. Yeah. So uh, Trunk Club, uh, Nordstrom, is at least cool things. You get this box of clothes. You get to go on their website. There's also an app. Uh, I've been using the app and my trunk's mm-hmm. on the way right now, actually. Okay. And you can, uh, you put in your sizes, you put in your styles, you put in what you like. They'll also make some suggestions. If you don't like a suggestion, you can tap it and say, I don't like this. You can say why you don't like it or what, or you can tell them why you just you don't have to give them a reason at all. So I don't okay. like that. It can be, you can put in your own budget, say how I like this. I don't like that. And boom, they will send you a box. And I mean, it's not a, it's not a little box. It is a big freaking box okay. of clothes that comes and they, you, they send you an outfit. It's not just an outfit. It's like loose stuff. There's six, seven items in there usually. Okay. And you get these items and you can decide whether you like them. Try them on. They don't fit. They don't look good on you. You know, if you like Elaine Bennis in the dress, you know, you went outside and hit the long like the other mirror, you didn't like it. You just go and you put it back in the little FedEx envelope, send it to FedEx, and boom, it's gone back. There you go. You don't pay for it. You only pay for what you keep. If you go to our show notes, now it's a little, we usually will say this in the middle of the show, and we'll tell you that if you're listening, you go to the show notes, there's a link <laughs> in there. And while you're still listening to us, you can sign up. You've got a few minutes. The end of the road here. So when we're done, you go to the show notes, you click on the link, you'll save 50 bucks in your first trunk. 
and then you get your first chunk and you'll enjoy it. And if you don't like it, let me know. If you do like it, let us know. We want to know all about it and your experience. Just, you know, send us a, uh, a tweet or an Instagram, anything. Or so, if you have thoughts about our existential question about can you be a good person by doing horrible things at some point in your life, email us. Yes, at show at gmail.com. And we want to talk about that. I think that's a really good one. It really almost, is. It's almost a damn show we didn't start with that. Or if you have a top five NFL color person that yes. you'd love to pull, bring us that. And Please. I think Bo also mentioned that we will be doing an, an Ask Coach Bo's section coming up soon. So we if you've got questions on that. Ask Coach Bo anything. We're going to do it right after the Super Bowl. Because uh, you'll start getting a little slow. We don't know what's going to happen with baseball yet. They're still talking. So we're going to have some time in there. So we'll do it. Ask Coach Bo when things are slow and uh, kind of get in there and see what's going on. So um, we will also share on the Coach Bono's podcast Twitter the link for Trunk Club. We'll also put um, give us your you know who's on your board of the people that you would want to see in the football booth. Yeah. And why limit it to football? If you got someone you want to see calling basketball games or calling uh, baseball MLB games, we'll that too. Or hockey, to Steve's po- or to Bo's point where he was saying that Steve Levy should just be in the NHL specifically because he's great there. You know, here, hey, I just saw this on Twitter. I got, to, I got the Coach Bono's Twitter up here. This is a quote. This is from our fearless leader over at the Studio, <laughs> uh, uh, studio Soapbox podcast. Hey, Tyler. Tyler Jones. There is literally nothing in the world more cringe than sports team house divided license plates. Now he wrote that while he was here in Lawrence. So obviously someone had a KUK state license. I mean, I don't, I, I'm trying to remember in my years in Alabama, I don't think they had. They don't have Auburn, Alabama? No. Cause I was really people from Alabama that are, you know, Alabama fans, people who are in out real Alabamans, they can't read anyway. I mean, an Auburn person can read. I mean, a little bit, not much, a little bit. Like they go to LSU or anything. But if you go to Bama, I mean, you're barely literate. I mean, anybody. I, I'm staying silent. Yeah. You were married to a Bama guy. Was he barely literate as well? He graduated and his dad was actually at the school for 20 some odd years. So I will remain silent. So I mean, he's barely literate. No, he's literate. I don't want to disparage my child's father that much. My wife, my kids, my wife does it all the time to me. She disparages her, her kid's father all the time. And rightfully so. Most of the time, I'm a piece of shit sometimes. We all are. So that's, again, that goes back to, can you be a good person and do a horrific act? I've never done a horrific act. I've thought about it a couple of times. Hey, I almost punched somebody on Friday. So I'm, I almost called an assault charge Friday night. Had it not been for me Uber driving, me having passengers, I probably would knock that dude out. Well... That person probably shouldn't have been out in public. It was bad. He got out. It was like honking the horn. They got out the car. I was like, I will get out and hit you. Do you know what happens if I believe I can punch you? You're going down and not coming up for two or three days. 
Oh, wake up and be the pass the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, I watched Joe Burrow beat Mahomes. Did I miss the whole thing? Yeah. Joe Burrow's not beat me. Not until next season. He'll be the next season. Maybe. Offensive line to protect him. So, and then last minute, in case you are a wrestling fan, uh, in AEW, breaking AEW news, Danhausen premiered on AEW Dynamite tonight. If you don't know who that is, take a minute, do yourself a favor, and go to YouTube and check out Danhausen. He's funny as hell. Congratulations for all of you. Yes. Not a good wrestler, but he's funny. Yeah, it's a it's a funny gimmick. I'll, we'll talk. About, I'm sure that him, next time Hayden Falick's on, he and I will talk about Dan House. There you go. He's a big Dan House guy. We may even try to sneak some clips in and try to figure something out. So, yeah. So, um, yeah. Anything you'd like to add and bring to this wonderful podcast and this wonderful situation? Everything we do here to wrap us up here tonight. Um, everyone, take a few moments and or a couple hours on Saturday and watch the KU game. Uh, pray for those of us that are KU and Chiefs fans that we can handle another back-to-back deluge of games, especially with the Chiefs game being early. So it makes me a little bit worried that the Chiefs fans are going to get sideways early, but let's hope that uh, all things go our way. You know, it just hit me when we were talking about that because KU's played Kentucky. Mm Mm-hmm. And you know that Cincinnati is actually on the border of Ohio, mm-hmm. Kentucky. There's actually the, some of the suburbs are actually in Kentucky. Yeah. So this is a very Kansas City thing. Kansas City yeah. and Cincinnati kind of going at it this weekend. And um, well, I, I, I don't want to root for Cincinnati. I mean, I, that, that, I've only been there once. It wasn't very nice. But You know what you need to do, Bo, is get yourself like some that. tickets to Allen Fieldhouse Saturday evening, early after, not, late I'm afternoon. Not, I'm not going to do that to myself this week. I, I, mm. I'm i going to take it easy. I'm going to relax. I'm going to, I don't know. I don't even know if LSU's playing this week. I'll, I'll figure something out. I, I got things <laughs> I can be doing. I got lots of stuff I can be doing this weekend. I'll probably sure. do some of it. And uh, I got to get ready because the wife is going to be gone for five days next week. She leaves Wednesday through Sunday, and um, I'm not good when she's not home. I, I, I'm a wreck. I've actually got the cleaners. She, she's actually gone Thursday through Tuesday, so I think what it is. And I've actually got the cleaners coming on Tuesday morning to clean the house so that when she – the housekeeper coming by to do it because that way she comes home to a super clean house, and I'd like a hero. That is the best thing you can do. So uh, Nicholas and I are actually heading out of town next Thursday evening, heading down to Florida for my uncle's 80th birthday party. Um, Yeah. Much respect. Florida. Yeah. No. Cheers. My mom would turn my, oh yeah. Um, You know, my mom would have turned 80 a few weeks ago. So I'm glad that he was able to hit that mark, but uh, I plan on cleaning the house Thursday before we leave the house, mm-hmm. just so I can come back to fresh seats, fresh towels, all of the things. Yeah, nothing's worse than coming home and having to do laundry. Correct. Yeah. And not just the laundry you had your trip, but the laundry you, that you didn't yep. when you left. Yeah. Yep. Come back to a week and a half old drawers and you, you know, you don't. You don't yeah. Know. It's gross. It is gross. It is gross. Especially if you have a teenager. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah we'll talk about that offline. 
we might have played with it online at some point, but we'll do that offline sometime. All right. So, hey, thank you so much for coming on this week. Thanks for doing everything you do. I appreciate everything. Uh, we want to send a big shout out to Tyler Jones. Thank you, Tyler, for everything you do at Studio Soapbox. Um, I want to send a shout out to uh, to Joe Scanlon over at the Bevo Boys podcast. Joe came by. It was our, kind of our first meeting. He is really funny. And I had a great time with Joe and Tyler on th- on Monday night over at my place. And uh, if you're a Texas fan, I don't know why you're listening to this and you're a Texas fan, but if you're a Texas fan or if you just want to hear two Texas fans make fun of Texas, um, check out the Bevo Boys podcast. It's really good. I've listened to a couple of them now, and they they don't take themselves seriously over there at all, and they're great. Of course, the Jones Report. I'll be on the Jones Report again this week. Check it out. Um, I made my picks. I did finish way, way back in picks for the year. As we get down to the end here, um, I finished last. That's not good. I came out on top. Early, I was booming. Last six I- I may have rubbed off on you. I don't know. I think so. I did, might, I, I did blame you. you at one point, like two, three weeks ago. I said, I think y'all <laughs> was rubbing off on me here. So um, most importantly, thank you to you, the listener. Hey, if you're listening to this, thank you so much. We do are going to ask you one more favor. We're going to ask you not just to go to Trunk Club and check it out, but also don't forget to rate us and review us. Give us five stars. Give us four stars. We're going to think you're a hater, and we're not going to like you for doing that. But you can do it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, even if you – Hey, rate us higher than Joe Rogan. Yes. A higher rating than Joe Rogan. That's yes. all I ask. If we can beat Joe Rogan in something, because I know I can't win a fight in the UFC with him. So, you know, I would cheat. I'd bring brass knuckles. And leave some nice comments. Yeah, Tell us how lovely we are and that you enjoy listening to us. You know what? I, I've gotten a couple of emails. And you know what people say in their emails? Hmm. They're like you that's ridiculous, but thank you to those yeah. who have said that. So, uh, thank you for, we do appreciate every five star. We appreciate you guys joining us and letting us support So, until next time, I'm Coach Bo, Brian O'Connor, and that's Topher Girl, our legal advisor here on the Trump's podcast. Have a great week. Remember your time, Topher, is a non-refundable. And, uh, let's go, Bo. Chiefs. <laughs>